Hello, listener. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Well, Jay and Mike like scary movies, too. You should go and subscribe to their podcast. We watched a movie. Because if you don't, I'll gut you like a... Well, I think you get the idea. Enjoy yourselves while you still can. Return to Revenge of the Action Movie Shit. You guys thought we forgot about it? You ain't no Daisy. You ain't no Daisy at all. Anybody seen Richie? Where's he at? Hello, Lentos. No, no, I say we'll be closed for renovations about two months. Steven Seagal's good movies don't go very far past 10. He yeah, has about 10, maybe 11, at the very most 12 decent watchable movies, and then everything past that, you just stay did away you, from did that. Did you see uh, uh, Japanese Tokyo Hammer? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> By the way, I'll tell you sniper. what, I gotta respect one thing about Seagal, is like he totally embraced the straight-to-DVD lifestyle. He's like, you know what, it's working, and I pay my bills, so fuck it. Yeah, like I said, there's like a... I'd say anything anything after, which it didn't make our list, but anything after Half Past Dead with Ja Rule is just like completely unwatchable. It's that yeah. bad. It's that awful. But those first 10, 11 movies, honestly, I think it's only 10 movies. Yeah, there's probably <laughs> 11, only 10. Maybe 11. But anyways, number 10 on our list, one that was, uh, it's not one that's talked about much. Most people don't ever mention it or include it in Seagal's movies. But if you sit down and you watch it, it's actually pretty fucking good, and that's The Patriot. This movie predicts some shit, dude. It predicts some 2020 shit. I'm not gonna fucking lie to you, it really does, dude. He's a ranch hand, he's a dad, he's doing his whole commando, Arnold Sports and everything with his daughter or whatever. He's like, you want some eggs? You want some eggs? Don't put too much hot sauce on that. I'm just um, a lowly, lowly cook. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, when you mess up on your schoolwork, you get that from your mother. I would when be you do good, you get that from if me. you got an F, if you lived at home with him, he'd slap you in the face. Oh, dude, like, he would oh, I mean, he'd be like, you think this is fun? He'd grab you by the- he'd do that dick grab that he does in his movie. And they- My nuts! You would try to like- If you, you ever try to go against your dad, you'd be like, fuck you. He'd be like- like, when you try to fight him, you go, dude. In, in all of his movies, he slaps the shit out of his co-partner. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? Come over here, come on. Come oh, he like shit. smacks him and fucking like hits him over the head and shit. He treats everyone like shit, even his friends. By the way, this movie's not going to be on the list uh, because he was barely in it. But Executive Decision was a great movie, yep. and I know somebody will call it out, but he was in it for 20 minutes. So yeah. You can't really. He slapped John Leguizamo around for a while, but in real life, in real life. But he's not in the movie. Really, YouTube that shit. That's a fucking crazy. After this video, but no, the Patriot man, it's so crazy. So there's a Waco type situation. He's he's a ranch and he's living out in the middle of nowhere, or whatever. And he's an immunologist because in all of Stephen Seagal's movies, one thing that you'll learn is that he's great at every fucking yeah. thing. And he doesn't lose a goddamn fight. Yeah, someone could be ice skating and he'd be like, I'm a professional ice skater. Yeah, he really is. And he's great at everything. But in this movie, he is, he, uh, he he's an immunologist and he's, he's just trying to live his life in peace. First off, no one would ever look at him and say, you're an immunologist. Dude, he's like a scientist at all. It's like, you're, you're, wait a minute, you're like, you, you really are a scientist? It's like, yes. <laughs> it's like, it's not the only movie he is either. And he'd be like, yes. <laughs> Come over here and watch me break wood. It's like, what? <laughs> he would try to tell you exactly how it happened. In he the got that Shit at Arizona State University online. <laughs> like there's a there's a there's there's a Waco situation where these uh, these militants this militia had started. Uh, by the way, the bad guy in this can't remember his name. He's actually a really good actor. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's there's this this militia that started, and it's basically the 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 we saw off our shotgun shells, and we're that yeah. we don't care about the government. We're staking our claim. And Steven Seagal even says in the movie at, at one point, he's like, you know, there's no law against playing army. He was like, but in every group, 
there's assholes. And that guy, he's an asshole. I'm not gonna lie that even even though I know he's probably not as legit that he said like he, he claims he is. If he were saying that to me in real life, I'd be like, what can I find you? She does. <laughs> like, I, I, I just believe like half baked, like, I don't know why, but I believe him, yo. You know what it is? It, it's, he's got fucking charm off the page. He really, really does. The whole town gets infected, the government gets called, and they shut down this whole little area, and then they end up taking it over, and Steven Seagal is, he literally, he literally finds the cure by his Native American grandfather's red teeth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's literally a scene in the movie where he's talking to army people. He goes to the army and he takes some horseback and he fights all the guys and there's all that shit like that. But at one point in the movie, he literally looks at an army guy and he's like, why aren't you wearing a mask? And the army guy goes, man, I thought it was bullshit. I didn't think I needed to wear a mask. I mean, there's so much 2020 shit in this movie that ties into COVID, you won't fucking believe it. But not a whole lot of action but there's enough, and finally, the penultimate scene, it does end in him using a wine glass to impale someone's head, so that counts as you a gotta, Steven You Seagal gotta film. throw in one crazy fucking kill in a Steven Seagal movie, and look, the reason why it's number 10, I'm, I don't think it's that memorable of a movie. I like it a lot, but at the same time, there's not, like Mike already mentioned, there's not a lot of great movies that he did, but at number 10, it's solid. It's not a bad movie, I like it, I, I like his jacket. <laughs> he's, he's got, got a cool jacket ass jacket, now, man. You've also got the uh, the rent his buddy that was the ranch hand. You've got the hard target thing with his uncle kind of going on with those two. But I will say this: the, the thing I'll say about the Patriot is this: if you are a Seagal fan and you know most of these movies and you've been sleeping on the Patriot just because you figured it was another one of those direct TV direct to DVD things, give it a chance, check it it's out. I think you'll be surprised. The last three movies on this are basically Seagal's social justice phase, which movies that we hated when they came out because they weren't just him kicking people's ass. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm getting older, I've learned to appreciate them. Number nine is on deadly ground yeah and one of those movies again I haven't seen in a long time I can just I, there was like oil fucking fields I, 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 <laughs> it, it, that's where it kind of started going downhill for Seagull like when that when the Patriot and on deadly ground was coming out you're like yeah he's losing his steam a little bit at the box office like you can yeah. just feel it but I think that did go to theater it did go to theater and it, like again it was at the end end his heyday yeah. and it was his it was his own doing because he said I it's not about the box office. Yeah, I really want to do the this. squeegee as fucking ponytail. He too forced, much he forced his hand with this shit, and it gets fucking weird. I hated it when it came out as a kid, but I just watched it the other night, man. And I gotta tell you, it's not that bad of a movie. The actors in this movie, dude, the bad guys are Michael Caine, uh, the dude from Scrubs. I can't remember his fucking name. Uh, the really good actor from Scrubs. He's oh, a bad guy in a couple yeah, action yeah. movies. He's in this. Billy Bob Thornton's one of the bad guys in this, dude. The, just the bad guys alone in this movie are some top-notch ass actors. Now that you mention Michael Cam, I'm like, yeah, now, and now it's striking a familiar chord. He has that, he has that spray tan fucking black, black You know what it is? I, I, like, I, I swear, man, it's because it's like, I think I looked at On Deadly Ground, I'm like, I'm not gonna watch that shit again. <laughs> like, I, I like it, but it, it was one of those things that it just, it passed over, and I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's not the old Seagull. This will make you remember it, dude. It was the one, uh, the gas man from Dumb and Dumber's in it. The big guy, you know? Mm -hmm. It's the one where he goes in the bar, and and, and they're fucking with this Native American guy. The guy's like, uh, kind of, oh shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're beating the shit out of him. And he's like, he's like, you call me Cupcake? He's like, are you a man? You're a man. Oh, I remember and he that, makes him yeah. do the hand slap game and he beats the shit out of him. What happens is he ends up going to this, like, this territory uh, mm -hmm. full of these Eskimos or whatever because they're poisoning oh, the, yeah, the, the water with the, with the oil that. and shit like that. I think that's where I checked out. Yeah, he like, goes, what the fuck are you doing there? He goes on a crazy <laughs> spiritual journey and he has these crazy dreams where there's these naked Native American chicks flopping around all over the place and it's just really batshit crazy fucking cuckoo weird. But in the end of the movie, there's really good action scenes. There's an awesome action sequence on an oil rig. Again, 
I will say, if you're a Steven Seagal fan and just like you haven't checked it out in a while, I recommend actually go back I, and checking I, it out. I feel like this was an idea that Steven Seagal literally brought to Hollywood. <laughs> he he literally like, did, dude. He's like, listen to me. I've been rubbing my Buddha beads for a while. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you, I think I should save Eskimos. <laughs> we're like, what? That's how big his head is. Yeah, yeah. He was like, I think I should save Eskimos. I should go to Antarctica and save the Eskimos. <laughs> they were like, they don't even live in fucking Antarctica. It's like, Alaska. And Lafleur's in that, dude. Lafleur from Mallrats, he's a is fucking he? solid, oh, yeah. like, badass bodyguard type that's gonna be fucking Lafleur's. I definitely recommend going back and checking it out on down. And dude, not only that, but at the end of the movie, he stands up in front of this audience and he gives this crazy speech about like environmentalists and how yeah. like cars and shit are damaging the environment. It's actually pretty fucking good. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, again, uh, he's a great actor, man. Like in his own way, he really is a great actor. I, I honestly think like I'm watching some of those movies and he has bad lines because he's always got the eyebrows down no matter what he's saying. And some of his lines are bad, but sometimes I'm like, that was a good scene. I think the problem with him though is he has changed his fucking like nationality so many times. I don't even know who the fuck he is. He really does. <laughs> like dude. he's either Asian or he's Japan or you know he's first he's Japanese or Chinese, then he's Native American, now he's Spanish, then he's American, dude, then he's, he's Native American. In a couple movies. I'm like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, he really is. I feel like I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger coming down like what the hell he are you? <laughs> dude he changes his accent depending on who he's talking to and it even you can even watch him do it in the movies. At number eight, lastly as long as far as the social justice movie goes, is Fire down below. Hey, we're right here from Kentucky, man. Came to Kentucky to save us little redneck people from all them bad oil guys. You know what? I I remember that was the last time. That was the last time I remember going to a movie theater and watching the Steven Seagal movie yeah. and watching On Deadly Ground because they made. Well, we live in Kentucky and not shit happens here except for fucking KFC and a, and a horse race. It was a big deal. We're like Steven but, Seagal's here, man. I was like, hey, man, they filmed it in the goddamn state of Kentucky. Uh, yeah, I went and watched it. Now, I, I got to be honest, uh, it was, I think, it was a good movie. It was actually not a bad movie. They uh, they had uh, they had the dude that played Whistler. I think Whistler in Blade was the was the main bad guy. Chris Christopherson, yeah. Chris Christopherson, great bad guy. Uh, they had him, but I think it was because I, I wanted to see if Seagal would adopt a redneck accent, and he goddamn did a little bit. The funny parts were, I, I remember, he's like, you can have that more than that, son. <laughs> <laughs> when he was fighting that dude in the fucking bar, and I was like, dude, that is so, that is so what a Kentucky bar is. I, I kind of dig that movie. Yeah, and that's another beautiful thing that Steven Seagal won't get credit for, but in some of his movies, uh, he has a way of, his character seems like, like they call him Cupcake, or they make fun of him, because he has a ponytail, because he does the beads and the Buddha thing, and everybody calls him, you know, a pansy and stuff like this. He has a way of acting like he's not shit, and then all of a sudden just fucking people up left and right. It's just so dumb, because like, if this is one of the quintessential movies where he's great at everything like I said earlier like at one point he goes over and he's he's in the uh, he's in like the creek area and he's got these little vials <laughs> yeah, he's, and he's like testing the water and this little kid's like peeing in the water and he's he's testing the water he's like so smart and then he goes to like a, a, a hoedown and all of a sudden he's like hey man let me see that guitar right there and he gets on stage and you know it's not him even though he does play good guitar they cut off his his face so you only see the hands and he picks it up and he's like it's like it's like your dad that thinks he's great at like almost anything he does exactly like, oh shit one of my favorite parts about fire down below though in all steven seagal's movies is the overdubbing from the guys after he kicks their ass like at one point he gets in a fight with these guys and the guy's like i said leave town what you too stupid to understand it and he, he's like i don't give a shit what you say and he kicks all their asses but he hits one guy and the guy's laying on the floor behind him and you just hear him go man i ain't never been hit that hard in my fucking life <laughs> i remember that yeah that shit was funny <laughs> as fuck and i even like that twerpy ass fucking son 
Because yeah. I hated him. I hated him so bad in the yeah. movie. You know that's when you do a good job as an actor, when you hate him so bad. So He I'd got love... it good, though, because he, he wouldn't even fight Seagal. Seagal walked up to him and he, he, took, he, him. he took his boxing gloves off him and smacked him with him. He was like, stop. <laughs> he was like, stop. <laughs> and then they put the snakes in his truck. Yeah. Or they put the snakes in his house, and then he puts it back in their truck. I remember I remember that's not great. liking that movie uh, that much. And then I guess later on, as not just because we're from Kentucky, but honestly watching it, I was like, yeah, it's not bad. It's actually a pretty decent flick. Okay, now we're getting into the real good shit. Mm -hmm. Number seven, Under Siege 2. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't like Dark Territory. <laughs> you don't want to go in that crack. You never go ask them You out. never go to that crack unless you ask permission. <laughs> uh, we ain't in Oz. Uh, but no, yeah, Dark Territory, man, Under Siege 2. I think it's one of those movies that really has, uh, for me anyway, aged pretty well. As far as, like, it's, it came out... <clears throat> Under Siege was such a classic great movie and everybody was expecting Under Siege 2 to follow the same kind of vein and was going to be just over the top amazing and it kind of was a slowed down kind of approach but dude it was great in its own way I mean it's one of those movies that you got to go back and watch and appreciate what they had and, and, the, and the cast they had around them first off uh What's her name? Uh, the one that was in... Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl, before she was an asshole, she was in this. And then the dude from uh, The People Under the Stairs is the, one of the main back. Ever perfect, perfect, perfect guy. When he does that pepper spray thing, he's like, it just tastes like banaka. <laughs> I was like, woo! I love that guy. And, uh, you know, I loved everything about it. it you know, I, I felt like it was kind of cheesy and corny, and I, of course it was, but... I, I Dude, I, I don't know. Like, I watch Under Siege, and I watch Under Siege 2, and I gotta say... Sometimes, sometimes, I have a little bit more fun watching the second one than the first one. Sometimes the, you're just in the mood for it. Yeah, the first one's great, but the second one, man, it, it, it's so, it's it's unique, man. It's so weird, and it's so cool. Like, I don't know, I like it's, it. It's far less military than Under Siege is. So I think yeah. sometimes you could be in the mood for that one. Even I feel though, like he was tracking down Bill Gates with a virus. <laughs> and the main bad guy, that the curly head Paul Roger-looking mm -hmm. motherfucker, that's the main bad guy in Uncut Gems, by the way. Most people don't know that, but it's the same bad guy the, uh, that's in that. But not just him, dude, but the bad guy from the mask is in this too yeah you had three, i love that guy that guy's great too yeah you had three good bad guys in this movie and like just him he's caught on a train he's he's trying to protect his niece i think she's his niece yeah. in that one there's some great action casey scenes ryback it. yeah and dude there's just it's got a lot of problems with it you know some some shit that's just flat out dumb and it's not on the level of under siege movie wise but popcorn I, I, wise, it's pretty fucking great well, you say some shit of it like in of it is like dumb but it's like that one part where he has the laptop and he's like you're telling me there's no way i turn that piece of shit off he's like no way and he's like shoots it he's like that's one way <laughs> like, I, like there's so many like uh different moments in the movie that really add up I, I don't know like there are boring parts of it there are parts that are like so stupid that you can't really get behind but overall man it's a fun ass as far as the sequel goes to such a blockbuster hit as Under Siege 1, yeah. I, I'm down with it. I, I, like, I've literally watched Under Siege 2 maybe more than Under Siege. I think, I, even, I, I think so. Even though it failed critically, I think it coming on the heels of Under Siege. I think he did one movie after Under Siege, and then he did this one. Coming on the heels of his ultimate height of success, it's maybe his most blockbuster-ish feeling type movie. It felt yeah. like a... Well, the other ones felt like low-key kind of action movies. This one felt more like a, a Broken Arrow you yeah, know, type did, movie. It yeah. felt like a bigger movie. Kind of looked like it, too. It had more fanfare around it, and I, I still love that movie to this day. Mm -hmm. And again, three great bad guys, and Steven Seagal and a good bad guy, and he had two physical specimens and Everett McGill and the dude from the Mastiff fight. Both great Did fights. he lose? Fuck 
No, it's never. A, it's Seagal, sir. One thing I love about Seagal, and I also hate about Seagal, is he never ever gets his ass kicked. He never you watch to. these movies, you almost never see him get hit at all. And just one time, I want that. You know Broken Arrow, the last fight at the end? Mm -hmm. Christian Slater gets his ass kicked the entire movie by John Travolta, and then the last second, he wipes the blood off his lip, and he fucks him up. I always wanted one movie where Seagal had a formidable opponent, he got his ass fucking trashed, and then the last second, he was kind of the underdog Van Damme type, but he, he would, his, his ego was too high. Ah. To ever get his ass kicked I think in a that movie. The, I've only seen him like I think one time someone punched him and like in the movie I know he was probably trying to act but I, he looked genuinely pissed. <laughs> he was like, "Who the fuck?" Like I know after that scene was shot, he was like, "Who the fuck snuck that in there?" Like <laughs> I, there was to. no way. Like I know he choreographed everything, and they're like, "You don't punch me ever. You don't lay a hand on me. I don't even care if it's a finger." And somebody went like that. And he was like the way he looks mad. He's like. Like, I was like, that guy's fucking pissed for real because like someone touched his face. Yeah, dude. I think it's I think it's hard to kill where he's in a, a bar and someone hits him in the leg with like a pool cue, and I was like, fuck. So that brings us to number six, which is Steven Seagal's first film, Above the Law, starring Donald Trump and Charles. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm, I, I, I kid. Joe Biden could be that way too. I don't fucking know. Nico. Yeah, dude, it's Steven Seagal's first film. It's crazy because it's basically the story of his life. When you watch the opening of this film, he explains how he went to Japan, all this crazy shit. He's a cop. It's a, it's a, it's he went to Japan on the internet. <laughs> he didn't really go to Japan. It's straight up. I mean, it's his first movie, man. It's the first time he's ever on screen, and he's the star of it. But that just shows you the, the, the star power of Steven Seagal. He was lanky as shit in that movie, man. He looked but good, he, though. He, he whooped some fucking ass in that movie, dude, yeah. too. He, he really and, showed his And skills. you know what? I, I feel like... I, I don't know what nationality Steven Seagal is, but I feel like he is maybe Italian. Because no, he, he he worked that out like that yeah. Nico shit, like the way he, that he was doing. I'm like, man, I think you really are Italian. You know what I'm saying? I feel like some people would be mad this movie's not higher in the list. It is a really really good movie, but for me, the above the law, as good as movies as they all are for the Steven Seagal uh, films, Above the Law, Out for Justice, and Hard to Kill, Mark for Death, they all kind of tend to kind of run together a little bit for yeah. me in my brain. So I feel like even though he was full-on Steven Seagal from the get, and you gotta give him credit for that, man. They, he was like a rookie quarterback that comes in and just fucking slays. You know yeah. what I mean? He's Justin Herbert of that bitch, but uh, Love Above the Law, it's a great movie. It's one of Steven Seagal's best films. Again, I think a lot of people want it to be higher, but it's, it's still good. It's still above a top. Ten. And, and by the way, dude, if you look at IMDb, Steven Seagal's IMDb, apparently above the law. Does dude, it say he created uh, a tree that he could only break? <laughs> he created space and time. Oh. Uh, but if you look at his IMDb in production, it says that uh, above the law two is happening. I'm not watching that. I hope actually, God it does. actually, you know what? I do want to watch that. Go ahead and make that. I want to watch that. You know what we should do? If that actually does happen, we should do a live commentary for it. The day that it's released. I just feel like it'll be depressing. Dude. It probably will be. I mean, he's going to come out of the car eating a carrot and some cabbage, and he's not even going like, to have to... He's just going to... He's going to, like... It's going to be one of those scenes where he punches, and then the camera will edit, and it'll show... Guy go, oh. That brings us to number five, which is Out for Justice. Yeah. Dude, Out for Justice. Good fucking time. amazing movie. It has, I think, maybe, possibly the meanest bad guy of the Seagal filmography in William Forsythe. He, this is the one where he really does the Italian dude. He's wearing a cop uniform and it's a sleeveless cop yeah, uniform like, and he's yeah. got like a beret and somebody kills his friend and then, but though what makes that movie is how badass of a villain William Forsythe Richie is. That one classic scene where he shows up and it's like, anybody seen Richie? Richie is such a mean fucking, like he just walks up to a chick in traffic and just blows her fucking brains out yep. right there. And this is the was most- it, uh, Was it uh, Russell Crowe? <laughs> <laughs> Unhinged. Unhinged. It's one of the most, it's the, the most mafia 
a film that Steven Skull was ever involved in. So that brings us to number four. We get in that top five now. Uh, number five, four, we did, uh, if you guys want to go and YouTube Revenge of the Action Movie Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill is our number four. We did a deep, in-depth breakdown yeah, like of this that. movie. Yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one where... Uh, it's so rapey. Yeah, you watching the Oscars? You watching the Oscars? It's so uh, rapey. The Oscars are going on. He goes home to his wife. These bad guys come in. They shoot up his wife. They kill his whole family. Or they kill his wife. They don't kill his whole family. Mm. They kill her. They think they've killed him. He goes into hiding. He grows a gigantic beard it's the, looking it's, good though it's it's Seagal's Rocky man hard to kill is Seagal's Rocky because you barely ever see him be uh, vulnerable and yep. you get to see him be vulnerable in this movie man because he has to come back from the the brink of death <clears throat> and he she, she takes him out to his wife Kelly LeBrock by the way uh, he ended up marrying her because that's just what you know people do she takes him out to this place that I mean I would too. She's like like that. I like that, yeah. Like that. She has a dojo at this place that she's of course she does. At. <laughs> That's the one where he puts the plank in the ground. It's yeah. He also he also puts the the acupuncture thing and he lights them on fire. He's like oh. Let me tell you, this is so over the top weird. And they really are pulling from a hundred different sources to make this thing happen with him. But I fucking dug it, man. I love like, it. I remember uh, as a kid uh, watching this one and one other one that we'll get to over and over again because mm -hmm. I thought it was so fucking good. Uh, I just love the idea that it was a Mason man. Storm. I loved it was a man out of time. And he didn't, you know, it was years after and you were in a coma. And I was like, what? I, I was like, I was like, what if I was like that? <laughs> and I was like, how would you react? Like, I mean, like, you'd be like Austin out for revenge. And that was the blood bank thing. Yeah, that's the one where yeah. I'm going to take you to the blood the bank, Senator Trent. The blood bank. And Senator Trent, by the way, he goes, I have blood science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, William Sadler. I love guy. William Sadler. He's like, I have blood science. The only knock to hard to kill is that, again, he didn't have a formidable opponent at the end of the fight. It was just this wimpy-ass senator. You know, kind of like what happened. But I did, I did like, um, I liked his mentor. I thought, I thought he was great. Um, oh, his buddy? His like, buddy, yeah. The, well, it's not his mentor, but he was older than him. He had taken care of his son. I like that guy a lot. It's just the, the kind of guy that would go out with Dr. Chalice and buy a hot dog. He looks know? like the kind of fucking dude that would be in, like, Ladybugs if Rodney Dangerfield weren't in it. <laughs> I totally see that yeah. shit, man. But, yeah, hard to kill. One of the best, man. I, I would have no qualms with sticking you. No, I would have no qualms with uh, hard to kill being number one. That's I love great. That so great fucking movie. much, man. All right, so that brings us to number three. Now, Jay, Jay and I fought about this one here right here. This is a hard time. One of our favorites, man, and people are, I think people are going to be a little butthurt about this, Steven Seagal aficionados, but number three, The Glimmer Man. man look, Underrated, dude. Man. I mean, it didn't just have Keenan Ivory as his as his partner. It kind of reminded me a lot of uh, like a like a kung fu lethal weapon kind of thing going on. It also had a great bad guy. I can't remember the dude's name. He was Brian Cox. Brian Cox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great bad guy, too. Uh, the backstory, man, like it, it almost felt like uh, like a beta version of John Wick. Because the way that they referred and referenced Steven Seagal as the Glimmer Man almost felt like the way that they uh, revered John Wick as the Baba Yaga. <laughs> like, it was kind of like that, too. And, and there was this mystique and mis mystery around uh, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal was pretty much playing the same role he's always played. But what offset that was the Keenan Ivory Wayne's relationship, which added a different element to it. And I'm like, you know what? Honestly, if they had made more movies of a buddy cop kind of situation with yeah. with Steven Seagal playing the straight man and having like an offset comedy guy, like yeah. imagine, made him more human. Yeah, imagine him having a Jim Carrey partner also after Keenan Ivory or something like that. Man, I think that 
you know, he might have had a different kind of career, but yeah. it's a fucking great movie, man. Yeah, Seagal had partners in his films over time, but they were always guys who he would slap around and like they would end up dying early or something like that. But Keenan Ivory was really, really great for that movie. And and Steven Seagal shows up and it literally is Lethal Weapon, dude. Yeah. Like he shows up, I don't want to work with anyone. I work alone. I love it. But and, and it also it's kind of cool because they introduce a serial killer element into that where they That's haven't awesome really too. done that with a Seagal film before. It was almost horror-esque. And the, and the serial killer kills his ex-wife. He frames him for it. The killer was doing some fucked up shit with those bodies. And then you've, you've of course, I honestly wish they would have went hardcore into the serial I think, killer. Yeah, dude, I think instead that, of doing the business corporate yeah, man. If aspect. They, if they had interwoven more of a seven kind of feel to it, yeah. I think it would have been an instant classic, man. Maybe number one. Yeah, but still, it's a great fucking movie, man. Again, if you've slept on Glimmer Man and you're a Steven Seagal fan, watch that shit. First the of all, if they slept on Glimmer Man, there'd be a glimmer. <laughs> and then you'd be dead. <laughs> My favorite part of that entire movie is when Brian Cox is waving his big ass in that pool and he's like, come on in, the water's fine. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, I, I, felt like, I felt like the other guy was like, I ain't gay. <laughs> like, he felt like, like he was going to say that. And but. then Steven Seagal, like, he has those moments because he's weird and he's with his beads and shit like that and he's a Buddhist, but I love the scene where he goes in and he's like, uh, why don't you take a little bit of this and help you with the headaches or whatever it was. He's like, yeah. he's, that's good, man. What is that shit? He's like, dip in. <laughs> I like I like when he when he sat down with Brian Cox at the restaurant. And he was like eating. He was like, <laughs> and then he gets up and kicks all his fucking uh, bodyguards' asses, and then he sits back down. He's like. <laughs> Like, was like, that was it's so good man the restaurant scene man there is some fucking awesome action in that one scene alone the restaurant scene was a badass fucking scene Glimmer so Man's good. dope as shit it's man. really good definitely check it out and it's an outlier with the way his other movies go for sure um, alright we're getting high up in this shit now number two what's gonna be number one what's gonna be number two I think people are figured it out number two is gonna be marked for death I love that movie you got clocked I like it like I mentioned earlier um that movie is one of the two that I've watched over and over again. Mark for Death, I love that. I love the mysticism of it. I love the voodoo aspect to it. I love like this weird goddamn um, cult mentality. Like, it's just, it's it's weird. It's strange. It's out there. It's it's uh, outer limits kind of situation. And Seagal is dropped right in the middle of it. And he's like, hey, I don't need any of this shit. And he breaks people's fucking arms for a living. Like, dude, by the way, it's got some of the most graphic violence from Steven Seagal I've ever seen. Like, yeah. he really fucks these fuckers up hardcore. And I'm like, God damn, it's good. Yeah, dude. It's, it's a crazy-ass storyline because he retires, like, from the CIA. I think it was the CIA. You're going to confuse mm. Special Ops, some shit like that. But he retires from it because, like... You and I both know that nothing we've done has ever mattered to shit. You know, he quits because his, his partner gets killed. And he tries to go back home and get some peace. But you also got Keith Davis in this movie. I love Keith, Keith da Davis, Keith David or Keith Davis? Keith David. Okay, from uh, They Live. From They Live yeah, in this movie. Yeah, he's great, man. I love, I love their relationship. Yeah, he's awesome. And the guy's just a football coach, but he goes on this crusade with him because there's these this Jamaican drug trade in there. And I do like that they point out in the movie, by the way. They're like, it's only 1% of the Jamaicans that... Uh, that have come over that are doing this, but they're they're fucking hardcore drug dealers and they're scary yeah. as shit. And it's got one of the most, maybe the most scary bad guy in the entire Steven Seagal filmography. That dude is scary as fuck. Yeah. And remember how there's like two of them running around and it's like being twins. I like I, like I always remember the pool scenes like it was I watch you with an eye for an eye and an eye for an eye. I was like what the fuck is going on right there's now? There's two of them. Uh, she was what scary, the man. Goosebumps episode is this, sir? And, and just like you said, dude, maybe the most violent and mean fucking. Do you remember that part with that, that Jamaican and he like he fucking does something to Seagal and he takes his arm and goes crunk crunk. 
Like he breaks it down like a uh, like he's crushing a fucking soda can. Yeah. Dude. And you see his arm go gunk gunk. I'm like, woo. And they actually go to Jamaica to find Screwface, which is fucking nuts. And that and that one of my favorite scenes from that movie, by the way, is when they have to go in, because I love this in action movies, when they have to go and either acquire their own weapons or they go into a room full of weapons and they go shopping for weapons. And this one they made their own fucking weapons. They had that badass scene where he's yelling those he's wearing those yellow sunglasses and they're making their own bullets and shit. Fuck I love that movie. Yeah, man. It's it's a classic movie. I don't know how you cannot like be a Steven Seagal film or or, or fan of, of his films and not put Mark for Death with respect on it and put it this I mean it's our opinion, but it's gotta be up there, man. It's yeah. gotta be in your top five. It's got sure. a great reggae soundtrack to it too, man. That soundtrack is yeah. dope as fuck. Makes me so. wanna wear a beanie and smoke weed. <laughs> Number one. The Quinsimocho, you gotta know what it is by now. Imagine, we all know it's uh, exit wounds. It's absolutely exit. I mean, how wounds. can you get? How do you not get behind DMX? No doubt about it. Or against the dark, or maybe Sniper Nine, Ops Commander that wasn't, Seven. That wasn't DMX and Exit Wounds. No, it was DMX. Uh, I actually liked DMX in that movie too. I, didn't think I thought that. Exit Wounds was a decent play. Uh, okay, but We're number kidding. one, it's we, under siege. Yeah. It's under siege. Yeah. Fucking Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Busey as the bad guys in that movie. Do Tommy Lee Jones like? Imagine like Seagal being such a star. That he's the leader of the movie and Tommy Lee Jones is second billing to fucking Steven Seagal. That's where we were in Steven Seagal's career. Yeah. And, and Tommy Lee Jones was a badass villain too. And and Tommy Lee Jones is also an asshole. <laughs> he hates Jim Carrey. But that movie, I think, solidified Seagal as a, a bona fide action hero. Man. Die Hard on a boat, man. It was Die Hard on a yeah. on a on a carrier uh, on on a, on a warship, man. Again, one of the things I've said about many of his movies is his bad guy's never formidable enough. He never has a big enough bad guy to like really fight and get any good ass kicking with. But with this, he's dealing with a bunch of mercenaries. He's dealing with a bunch of, of soldiers, and he's he's one man against a hundred men, and he's really outgunned and outnumbered. He gets hurt a little bit. He gets fucked up a little bit. Uh, the movie's hilarious. It's funny. He's just a cook. I as love far as you know, he's just a cook. And again, one of Steve Seagal's beta, be, best traits is that he can chameleon his way in as a little cupcake nobody and then all of a sudden you find out he's a fucking badass uh, Navy SEAL. Yeah, and he downplays it too, which is really, and you believe him. Like when that one, she's like, you're, you're, you're a badass, right? You're awesome, right? And he's like, no, I'm just a lowly, lowly cook. Give my paws out of the oven. This is just his best film, like overall movie, like acting, casting, direction. It's just a good movie from start. It's not just a good Seagal movie, which most of these are just good Seagal movies. Under Siege is a great action film, yeah. and it may be his only top to bottom great film all the way around in his whole filmography. And I'm not trying to shit on Seagal for that. I'm just saying like those movies had problems with him. This was a great movie from start. I feel to finish. like after Under Siege is when his head got super ballooned up, like mm -hmm. hardcore ballooned. Like his attitude never changed at all from the way that he was when he was young. It, it just carried over and got bigger and bigger and more inflated. Uh, it sucks, man, because I love Seagal and I still love Seagal. I think yeah. Seagal, like if you mention action karate movies, from the 80s to the 90s, you're gonna mention Van Damme and you're gonna mention Steven Skull in the same breath. Yeah. Uh, and it sucks, but, you know, that he is what he is now. But uh, Under Siege, man, like, you can't put that any lower than number one. It really is number one. It also has the fucking Hollywood Hogan comes out without being there. <laughs> and, and, dude, 
violent as shit. Violent as shit. He really he stabs is. Tommy Lee Jones through the fucking skull. He he saws a guy's collar bone off in half. That's just uh, you talk about a guy that oversells his ticket was Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. Yeah, he dude. he acted like a badass and he gets fucking killed in like five seconds when he takes he, on uh, Seagal. That was a good knife fight though. That was a really it was good, good for a second, fight. but then it was like yeah, Seagal's gonna. Fight and him. one last thing I want to mention in these films is that Steven Seagal. I love his I love his uh, defiance of authority in all these films. In um, in Fire Down Below, at one point when the sheriff shows up and he tries to enact some redneck justice on him, he's like, I don't care what happened. I know you beat up that guy in the mill. He's like, get in my car. And he's like, I don't recognize your authority. Yeah. Like that and the way that he was talking to uh, the higher-ups in Under Siege. Like, Remember uh, uh, Gary Busey calls him a clown? He's like, I don't know why you put up with this clown. He's like, because he likes my cooking. You know, like he was always... He was never an underdog like Jean-Claude Van Damme, which is what we all love about Jean-Claude Van Damme so much, but he always had a defiance of the higher-up authority, which I can really appreciate in his characters and his movies. And I think overall, like, he had... Seagal had... Uh, he had a good intentions for his overall view of the world. Like, he wanted the environmental change. He wanted all this stuff like that. But on a person-to-person -person basis, when you hear people talk, you realize that he just wasn't good to people. I feel and like that's what sucks. I feel like Seagal was more of the uh, the uncle that you really hope that he doesn't talk a lot because he's going to say and share things that you don't want him to oh, yeah. in the middle of a crowded room. And you're like, well, it's my uncle, and he's a blood belt shidoshi. Oh, man, could you imagine if Steven Seagal was young at the height of his power in the middle of all the shit we're going on in the world right now? I'd be scared of what he'd say. I'd be scared of death of what I, he'd say. I would also... Maybe be good, though. I don't know. I'd be following at his feet. <laughs> like, <laughs> How come you caught you but not me? <laughs> but, guys, that is our top ten... Uh, really in-depth top 10 Steven Seagal movies of all time. We hope that you guys enjoyed this. More action movie stuff to come on the channel, we promise. And again, if you want us to see us do some really deep dives into action movies like Commando, Hard to Kill, Bloodsport, uh, check out Revenge of the Action Movie on YouTube. We're doing that stuff on the main channel now, but I think we've got some really good videos that I'm really proud of over there, so check those out. Yeah, it's on the side. It's um, on the side. You go I ahead and look, look at it. And and you, look, if you're going to subscribe to the channel anyway, just go ahead and look at that Revenge of the Action Movie thing. It's the real nice. Yeah, real Treat nice. you real good. You gonna touch it. You gonna be alright. You gonna stick your finger in Don't it. Don't you worry about you it. Twenty four ninety nine for one night. It's a good deal. Blue light spacious. There it is. Here we go. What you guys waiting for? Love your fucking face if you're new to the channel. Click that subscribe button and get some goddamn wham up in you. Did they just cut our internet? <laughs>